0: to Heart Snuggles. We hope you're having a good snuggly day and I'm so excited that you're here listening with us. I brought a guest that I just met a little while ago, I think like a week ago at this amazing party that he hosted and I'm so excited to have him on because I really loved his perspective on grief and just his energy in general. So I'm excited to share him with you guys and go ahead and tell them who you are in a little intro.
1: Well hello, my name is Daryl Henderson. I am Oh, I'm a lot of things. I don't really like to define myself very much these days.
2: I know. know.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I'm here. Uh, It was great to meet you last weekend. super stoked to be here on the podcast with you. And uh, even really more interested to talk about grief because I think it's such a topic that, oh, it's something we all deal with at some point in life. And I just don't think we talk enough about it. it. I think so many of us, experience it and have, a, have an experience of loneliness around it and so hopefully we can illuminate some of that stuff today
0: yeah and grief is so dynamic and and is so many in so many parts of our life like we think it's just related to death but it's so much grander than that so yeah I'm really excited to dive in but let's start with what the question of the podcast is what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you
1: random act of kindness someone did for me <laughs> yes <laughs> Good question. Thinking about that one for just a moment.
0: Yeah. Take your time. It's, it's not something you think about often.
1: Really? A a random act of kindness. Well, a friend took me to a, a show last night in Hollywood, which I hadn't been to in forever. She offered to take me. She's an actress and it was a one woman show. That was really interesting and super dynamic and a lot of fun. That's the, probably the best thing I could come up with off the top of my head.
0: Amazing. That's so nice. And
1: so, or fun. being asked to come on this podcast, I also consider that an act of kind of.
0: Yay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing those. And so, now let's get into grief. So, maybe start off with like what grief means to you or how it showed up in your life. I guess, and maybe more in particular recently, because I know you've been going through some.
1: Yeah. Grief. What does grief mean to me? I really believe grief is a deep process of healing, actually. Uh, I don't see it as a negative thing or a bad thing, even though I would say most of my life I've avoided it. And recently, I went through a very intense and unexpected breakup with a partner of mine uh, back in March. And it really it rocked me to my core, honestly. I was, we were headed for life partnership, building a family. And the truth is, I was about to ask this woman to marry me, and I don't think she knows that. But I was, uh, yeah, it just things had gotten to a point where they were untenable, and, and it really ripped me open in a way that I wasn't expecting or <laughs> somehow even it was possible. Be honest. And early on in the process, I realized how well I was very supported by the friends and community around me very early on. And so fortunately, I've been cultivating friendships and networks over the last four or five years specifically, and really making an effort to build my community. And because of that, I was incredibly well supported. And one of those friends of mine who was there in the beginning. Told me a quote from Rumi. And this particular quote has been one that has resonated with me through the whole experience. And the quote is You have to keep breaking your heart until it opens. And this having been the third pretty powerful breakup experience I've had in the last six or seven years. I was just right there. I was ready to be cracked open. And, and this, the, the grief process this time, I would say it's actually the first time I've actually allowed myself to experience it. And that's been one of the hardest things I've ever done, Mm -hmm. honestly. And it's something I'm still in. It's something I'm still dealing with. I mean, even yesterday I found myself, uh, Watching this documentary and and just within about thirty seconds of the thing starting for where something hit me about it, and I just started crying and I've had lots of those moments of just layers of stuff coming up, and you know the thing about grief is it's not at least for me hasn't been isolated to this one incident I've had a lot of grieving over the relationship and the loss of it and the loss of the dreams associated with it and where it, the life I thought I was going to have and the life I thought we were going to have together, the dreams, all of it, you know, and being that this is the first time that I really allowed myself to be in the grief process. It's so much more has come up. I mean, I I, kind of feel like I've been grieving every relationship I've ever lost, you know, and unfortunately I've lost a few and to some really amazing people. And, They've all been pretty difficult. So it's been very multifaceted. I, you know, aspects of my childhood have come up, where mourning some of the things that I lost from early childhood trauma and things I didn't get to
2: experience. Yeah. Um, so perhaps a
1: long-winded response, but that's <laughs> that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, no, that's it's really interesting you say that. Like one, like you think. I, I mean personally i I'm like, all right, I've grieved, I'm good, I've been through it, and then it's like, no. Nope. <laughs> it's
1: not, not how that. it works, unfortunately. I mean it like it's it's layered and layered and it just comes and comes in waves, and you just I'll be fine. And then this whole last week I've just kind of been like, Meh. Mm,
0: me too, me too. Yeah. And it's really interesting too. Like you said, like it's like, all right, I open the box, I'm feeling it, I'm doing it, like I'm proud of myself, and then it's like phew, other stuff you haven't graved comes up and you're like no not this too I'm ready I'm ready dealing with this one thing like I don't want to add this into the pile and so it's like how do you hold space for all this that is there and then like also not drown into it where you get in stuck in like the really low
1: yeah well there, it's a great question I think well what I was just talking about at the beginning is the support I think that's Kasem, one of the most critical and crucial things you could possibly have in your life. And now I am supported in many different ways. I am blessed and grateful to have mentors. I have people who I would consider spiritual mentors. My parents, honestly, the, the relationship I have with them is is really sweet and they've been such a huge support for me. I had friends that I was close with, but this process has made us, you know, brothers, really, in a lot of ways, and has brought up a lot of that. But also, I made sure to seek professional support. I've ran out I've got a therapist, and that I've been working with, and I can honestly say that's been one of the most crucial things. So even if you don't have all that other stuff in your life, I think it's really important to acknowledge the power of a therapeutic relationship with somebody you can trust, because that is such. A powerful tool. And in particular, one of the things I've really been digging into is a, is a modality of therapy called EMDR, which stands for eye movement desensitization and reprogramming or reprocessing. It's one or the other. I don't remember which at the moment. doesn't matter. It's, it's a somatic therapy. So it's a brain and body-based therapy that is really beautiful because a, a lot of talk therapy, CBT, uh, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and a lot of other modalities out there can help you get to the root of something and understanding where it happened. For me personally, the issue has been that I understand a lot of what's happened to me in my life. I understand my early traumas. I've been in this self-development, self-exploration process for well over 20 years at this point. So I've, I've done a lot of digging. <laughs> I've done a lot of looking.
2: But if you don't address what's happening in
1: the body, it ultimately, I'm not going to say it's useless because I think it's very valuable to have that information, but you're probably still going to be left with the the responses from within, right? And those reactions and everything else. And that's what I was dealing with. And that's one of the things that I've struggled with in my romantic relationships in particular is my reactivity and uh, my anger and things. Due to things that uh, happened to me as a child and i need to feel like i need to defend myself take you know and that if somebody if i feel attacked or feel uh somebody's talking down to me whatever it is i, I can have a very strong reaction to that and all of that's coming from this place this this feeling in the body so emdr and these somatic therapies help us to process that out naturally because. It's been proven that trauma can get stuck in the body and stuck in the nervous system because human beings are so powerful in our brains. One of the things that distinguishes us from other creatures on the planet is we're able to subvert nature's natural process of getting rid of trauma, which often is a version of shaking or or literally shaking it off. I mean, uh, there's a wonderful book called Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine. That talks about this and talks about how they they tracked polar bears in the Arctic. And these, what they they noticed when they were tranquilizing these polar bears, they were basically using a helicopter to track them. And they would use a tranquilizer gun from the helicopter. So naturally, the bear is scared because it's being chased by a helicopter. You know, I get shot with a tranquilizer and then they notice when it started to come back to, it would be covered breathing and it would start pawing and shaking. And, you know, it's a very kind of vigorous movement as it would come to. And then at a certain point, it would just go, go, go. And then it would just. Uh, relax. And the bear gets up and walks off and it's fine. Right. It's just, it's, so it's this, these reactions get caught in us because we're so smart. We're so intelligent that we're able to, to trap it. And so if you don't deal with that, you know, even grief, you know, that process can really get elongated. So I think working with therapeutic work is probably one of the most valuable things you can do, but also just get yourself supported with friends and family and people you can call, you know, people who you love and trust and, you know, aren't going to judge you if you just call them up and be like, I'm just having a shitty day. Like, I'm tired. I want to cry or like I'm angry and I think the other piece is the anger mm. right and then letting ourselves be angry too sometimes it's, it's natural yeah <laughs> it's what we, so many what things so that's so difficult
0: yes so many things to that um one thing I love is like the body doesn't know time and remembering that truth is so important because like our bodies are like you said, like we have these things stuck in us and our body can't tell the difference between the present and the past. Like you can be reacting from a past version or like past hurt, but like your body can't tell the difference. And so honoring that um is really, really important. And also oh, I love what you said about calling your friends and importance of being held is I have found one of the most um beautiful things to receive when you can really ask for support when you need it and like and allow yourself to be held when you need to be held and to express your emotions with other people. Um, I think it's like, it's co-regulating, you know, when you can have someone that is grounded and their nervous system is calm and their nervous system is safe. And that like shows you that you can feel that way as well, especially because most of our traumas are in relationships. So like having that, and then also with anger, like we need to express anger and it's never, um, it's hard to do so because it's, we always, anger can be so closely associated with like aggression or something more hurtful or whatever. But at the same time, anger, just like grief is an emotion that needs to be expressed and is healthy and is normal. And so helping people like recently, I've been really supporting my friends. Like anytime they're frustrated, anger, I'm like, go punch a pillow, go scream into the pillow, like allow yourself to experience sacred rage. Like it is an essential part of life. And so I'm really um, grateful that you've been able to do that as well, because like we, the reason that we overreact in certain situations is we have this anger that hasn't been able to be released safely. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say was that you mentioned this a few times that you, this time you felt like you grieved, you actually grieved, and I've been feeling that too in the past month. And so I think it'd be good to talk about the difference between what you thought you grieve before and how you're truly grieving now, in case someone has never felt the difference?
1: That's a great question. Thank you for asking that. In the past, what I would do was if I was really upset about something, I was a loss of something, you know, it was heartbroken. A lot of what I would do is there, there would be anger, they would be upset. I would talk about it, I would go to things, but it was a lot of pointing the finger in the other direction. And so there was a lot of like, yeah, they did this, and then like, I would, and I would be responding to that, right? That they did something to me. And therefore, I would make all my justifications and reasons and come up with great stuff and stories and all kinds of things that were just meant at making myself feel better. Whilst still blaming them. And then I would go out and I would do things that I found empowering right at the moment in reaction to those particular instances. And, you know, like one time I got, you know, I got out of this relationship and I just went out and I went on a dating rampage because I was like, get this, whatever. I'm awesome. I was deprived, <laughs> you know, yeah. All these things, you know, and I deserve to be loved and paid attention to and all this stuff. And so I just I I swear to God, I think I was dating like five people at the same time. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was really ridiculous, right? When I look back at it, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? And but I did that stuff, and through doing that stuff, it was distracting enough that I made myself feel better. And then ultimately, one of those things and one of those people that I met turned into something else. Right. And, you know, and I hate to say this thing out, but, the, you know, there's this whole the whole like uh, with the word uh, urban legend. It's not really an urban legend. I don't know the saying, but, you know, the saying is like the best way to get over the last one is get under the next one. Right. Like so that whole thing. It's just it's so toxic. And also, and are we allowed to curse here for the record? Oh, like, OK, cool. Yes. Yeah, total bullshit. <laughs>
2: yes.
1: It's total bullshit. And it really just like. It's a momentary band aid to fill the validation need. And that's ultimately what I discovered in this whole process this time is, so the difference was, well, I'm going to get back to the validation piece in a minute, but the difference was that last, before I was pointing the fingers elsewhere and I made myself feel better through distractions and everything else. And so I thought I'd be going through it and then I, you know, then I'd get over it and I would move on. But ultimately all this crap was still in me. And it was just stacking and stacking and stacking. And I didn't know it, ultimately. And it was one of the reasons that I was so volatile in my relationships, because I never really allowed myself to process the pain. And to really, really, really feel lost.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And to really, really feel deeply, you know, this, this really, there's no other way to call it, but my own inadequacy. And the pain that I had around that about not being good enough, about being left, about being abandoned and being alone. And I was just kept recreating the story over and over and over again. And I think the difference this time is I, after this breakup happened, I made a very distinct choice. I was like, whatever patterns that got me here, they're over. This is done. And whatever I have to do to clean and clear that out, that's what I got to do. And so I've got my, I got myself back into men's work and men's groups. I had been waning on that for quite some time. I hadn't been participating in men's work as like I used to. I got myself into a mode of therapy that I had been wanting to work with more and hadn't, you know, and specifically with somatic therapy because I I learned and just kind of knew that I, I've been around the block. I understand a lot of my issues. Now, there's always more to discover and we're never done, but I had at least a pretty good sense of where it was, but I couldn't just touch the
2: emotional piece. So then allowing myself
1: to cry uncontrollably, to to feel pain to and to learn to be okay on my own because. I I needed those other relationships because at the time I needed the validation. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that, but like I needed somebody to fill that void, and because there's this very deep fear of being alone, and you know, ultimately dying alone. I think really what it comes down to, it and to to not be loved and supported, and you know, and once I let myself be messy and really break down with people and stop trying to have my shit together and pleasing everybody. And, you know, that's where a lot of the rubber has met the road here. I've let other people support me. And then I've been able to, you know, which has uncovered a new level of honesty and a new um, interactions I'm having with women. And and I'm, and I'm not in a place really still to, start a relationship and i'm really clear about that and i'm very honest about that where in the past like i would have started something with somebody based off of usually physical attraction and i'm like oh this is great and we feel great together and we have great sex let's make a relationship right yeah <laughs> sort of like getting to know somebody before really
2: going in on something yeah you know?
0: Yeah. That's so important. And so everything you said, like who doesn't have a fear of, you know, being alone and they're not good enough. It's like, we all have these really deep underlying roots that are like, you know, we're, we're connected to, and we try, we always are turning away from our pain. It's like, why can't we turn towards the pain? You know, like, why are we not leaning into what's continuously coming up and like, yeah being with that and yes it's uncomfortable but it's more uncomfortable to not address it because it doesn't go away and when you can actually be with it it's like that's when it transmutes and transforms into beautiful light and into something like that's when the space is created for new things to come in instead of repeating that same you know experience to bring that same emotion up that you're avoiding so
1: yeah and like the thing is it's like so many people settle these days Oh, I know. You know, and not just for relationships, but like for their careers, for their lives, and whatever that is. I just don't have that in me, and I'm grateful for that because it's made me really fucking tenacious. (laughs) Same, right? And (laughs) it's really annoying sometimes (laughs) because there's a part of me that was like, "Gotta be so much easier." But would it really is what I ask myself? Like, would it really be that much easier? Because The reality is there's a lot
2: of people who have great lives,
1: and they look for all intents and purposes to be good, and they have things, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of people I know and see that are really comfortable. I don't see deep love and compassion in the relationships they have with their partners and their families. love is present but the expression of it is 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 dampened you know when we dampen ourselves by not dealing with this stuff and it's impossible to to have those deep honest loving compassionate relationships if you haven't done the work for yourself you know i think i had it have had a very deep fear of intimacy that Frankly, I wasn't aware of you would have, you know, if I would have said this even a year or two ago, I'd have been like, ah, you're full of crap, right? Whatever. I'm like, I've got plenty of evidence to show you. I have no issues with intimacy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look at all the relationships I've had. Look at all the people that, you know what I mean? Like it was, but it was, it was a root.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, uh, that's one of my uh, fears too. And another point, I also have that same thing where I'm like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish I could just, be one of those people that settles but then my therapist was saying like and i was wishing upon other things like for instance my family isn't that close and i constantly wish for some things but she's like do you truly like is that if you had that would that bring you more joy than you have now and and also like remembering that a lot of people don't know how good they can feel and they think that where mm-hmm. they're at is the best that they can feel but they don't even know that they can be so much grander. And I think that's what I'm like, all right, I actually know and have experienced, maybe not like, you know, into to- totality, but I have experienced that it can be better than that and that it's worth continuing to trust myself and um, and not settling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am, one of my favorite questions is how does it get even better than that?
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: How, did, how does it get even better than that? And what do I have to do to have things be even better than I could possibly imagine? Right. And as we do that, life becomes magical. Like really, I think the gifts I've received through dealing with the grief process this time are, they're immeasurable. I I am fundamentally altered
2: Mm -hmm. by
1: actually choosing to go through this, and I think ultimately that's what, what one has to do. It has to be a choice, have to say, Okay, enough is enough. Have to be tired of being tired, tired of messing around, tired of being in pain. And sometimes we have to, it takes us an immense amount of suffering for us to come to that place. But if you can get there, it's a gift, you know. Like, God damn it, I have every reason in the world to be so angry at my last partner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To cast her off and say nasty things about her.
2: And in the past, I would have done that. But the reality is, she's been one of my greatest teachers. And it's <laughs> a freaking hard pill to swallow. But it's also the truth. And I wouldn't.
1: Have had many of the experiences I've had this year so far, and honestly, the relationship with my family is so deeply transformed through this experience that, like, if if this had to happen in order for that to happen, so be it. Honestly, so be it, because it's 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 opened the door to a new level of compassion and understanding with my parents. Cause, you know, I, I I finally stopped putting the walls up between us.
0: That's very interesting. And I also love that too. It's like continue to surrender and trust that like more good will come from this, you know, and, um, it's always hard when it initially happens. And even, even knowing that truth, like if you've been open and, you know, experienced this, like, you know, that will happen. But in those moments of fresh pain, it's really hard to connect to that and to remember that, to remember that. And it's like, how can you,
1: yeah. How can you I can say mean,
0: trusting, yeah.
1: In those moments of fresh pain when it's searing and it's hot and it's all you can think about and feel, just the only thing I can say about that really is just focus on being okay in any given moment. Get the support necessary to make sure that that's okay and that you have yourself taken care of as fast as possible. You know, you know, give yourself good food. <laughs> Do do the little tiniest things of self care that are that you can, because every, in those moments nothing else matters. Right?
2: Like it's the
1: pain is all consuming.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: Yes. So the future, like forget the future.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you'll get to it. Uh, so that's definitely something I learned in this this particular process. Um, you know, at some level, I was finally strong enough to deal with it too. So it took all the other crap I've done to get to a point where I was able to deal with it. And
2: like yeah. It's that multifaceted. It's
1: deep. The layers go all the way, you know, down to the core parts of my childhood. So, you know, and I and I really, really believe wholeheartedly that if you're only willing to just dip your toe into the darkness. You only want if you can only peek in for a moment. You're not going to get a whole lot on the other side. Your 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 ability to have light and shine light is directly proportionate to your ability to, to deal with your shadow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as the, the the cliche goes, if you're in hell, keep going. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the only way out is through. And there really is a lot of truth in that. It's just you know, you know many people. Know the archetype of the of the hero's journey,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I really think grief is our own hero's journey.
0: Yes, and that brings me to the point too. When we were in that conscious um, conversation, we were talking about how grief of like when someone was passing, how we often are um, not taking our responsibility in in it, and like how we associate to how we feel about them leaving, but we're not thinking about um, their experience. And so, I'd love yeah. you to touch on that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think in particular, you know, and I think this relates to people leaving our lives in the relational sense, and also in the physical sense, as in people actually passing along and dying. That it's so common for us to be so consumed by our own experience of no longer having that person in our lives and the pain of not having them there that we don't consider as much, what's on the other side of that, right? How often do we actually really, truly and authentically try to put ourselves in our former partner's shoes into what they must have experienced in order for them to act in the way that they did, right? You know, so for me in particular, that's been a big thing. We're realizing that as much as I can judge the behavior that I received, and as painful as it was, I have to be, I've chosen to acknowledge that there must have been an immense amount of pain on the other side of that for this person to act the way they did. You know, it's the same thing with death. You know, we, we miss the person we want them, but like, are they better off? Right. Are they, is their soul finally at rest and peace? Were they in pain? Were they suffering? Or, you know, and at some level, I think we all are. Like, I think that's part of the human experience that we, you know, a lot of this neo-spiritual movement doesn't really acknowledge as much. Right. And and it's sad because even the most beautiful religious texts and, and, um, That have been around for thousands of years. Talk a lot about this. Even the Buddha said, all life is suffering. And there's some truth to that. And I think there's so many people that want to step over that now, which is hence the avoidance of grief. Because grief is a suffering process.
2: Big time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And if, but by dealing with that, we really have an opportunity to move through into something else. How can we transcend our own pain? Mm-hmm. and sit with that in such a way that you know we can have compassion for others and their pain and what they must have been going through as well and I think if I think that's one of the hidden gems inside of grief one of the hidden gifts mm-hmm. that so often does not get acknowledged
2: yeah. or even seems that fact I don't know
0: how I'm like it, it's been such a transformational experience for me to Sit with those parts and just be. I think that's the key too. Like to transform it, it's just being with it. It's like you don't have to necessarily like fix the pain. It's just like mm-hmm. let the pain have a voice, let the pain be felt, and um, kind of the magic unfolds itself. But the more that you can hold that within yourself, the more that you can hold that for other people. Because for instance, my dad, like I'll tell him I'm going through something, he has no idea how to hold that for me. And so he'll like be like, oh you know like he like freaks out or he'll just change the subject or he doesn't know how to hold space for it and so originally like that used to like make me feel um invalid in my pain and make me feel weird about my pain but now I know to like go to people that can hold my pain and now yeah. I'm able to hold out other people and it is the most beautiful gift when someone comes to you in pain or suffering and you're just let them be and help them yeah. out like oh yeah. wow it's so amazing
1: and, and without the need to fix it too.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And as a man, that's totally one of our things. We want to fix it. We want to make it right. We want to make it feel better. Right. <laughs> but the more we can just allow it to be there, uh, I think the better off we are in and you know, one of the things I've really shooting for in, in the, the events that I've been participating in and cultivating is you know, everything is welcome. All parts of you are welcome. And I think the, again, like this, the, the community that we're in, there's a lot of spiritual bypassing.
2: Yeah.
1: There's a lot of people that don't, don't want to deal with the, the darker side
2: mm-hmm. as
1: much. And it steps over the real human experience. And, you know, which is that we're all dealing with something. Yeah. Everybody you meet. And so, like, and if you just know everybody you meet. They're dealing with something, and if they get sharp with you or they say something off or, you know, you feel weird about it, it probably has nothing to do with you. So it's not taking things personally as a big piece of it, but it's acknowledging that, like, life is not all love and light. I mean, it's beautiful. I love that. I think that's that's a place we want to get to, but that's just not where we're at. You know, we're, we're we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and part of human experience is pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And so, the more we try to resist that and get away with it, everything's beautiful and it's all light, man. It's everything's good and oh, I'm shakti shakti. Like, look, don't get me wrong. I'm super woo woo. I love that aspect. Yeah. But there's so much of that that I find so fake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. And honestly, when somebody looks at me and I said, "Oh, everything is beautiful and everything is love and light," da da da, I look at them and like in my head. I don't trust you
2: because mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: you're not telling the truth. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I strive to bring. It's a level of honesty and realism, pragmatism to the spiritual conversation. And, and the more I learn about the spiritual conversation, like you said, it's not getting to some ecstatic, beautiful over the moon place. Is that amazing? Yeah, but it's not sustainable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The most beautiful you know, deep understanding you could possibly have for life can come from the kitchen sink. It mm-hmm. come from those little mundane moments. You know, and getting to the other side of grief doesn't mean you're going to be happy-go-lucky and skipping along and running into the sunset. It could just mean you're okay in any given moment, and you're okay with your pain, even if it hurts.
2: Mm-hmm
1: and honestly, I think that's enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's enough too. And just like taking some time, I've been trying to do this too, is celebrating myself for feeling that and for going there and Mm -hmm. having the capacity to be able to hold that, you know, we don't believe in ourselves to be able to make it through pain. And so, yeah, just like honor yourself. Like it's okay if you cried and had a bad day and you didn't want to get out of bed, you know, like fear really low, like. Celebrating that you're still here and you're feeling that. And another thing I want to bring up too is like, so I felt sometimes the most loved, like feeling that pain and being supported by someone else. Like I felt so much love in those situations and deepening in my relationships when you can experience that with other people.
1: Agreed. And, and to your point, I think, particularly in Western and American society, we're, we're so championed on individualism. Ugh yeah <laughs> and separate and being strong enough to do it on your own but we weren't made that way we're made to be in tribes. we're communal creatures we can't survive without each other i mean a baby can literally not you can feed the baby you can get everything it needs to sustain life but if you don't give it love and attention it will die hmm what does that say about who we are and our fundamental nature? We're meant to support one another. So, like, you know, so I think that's the other thing, particularly, I struggle with is like, if I'm not strong enough to do it on my own, I'm a weakling. Mm. But the truth is, vulnerability
2: and allowing other people to take care of you and support you, that takes real strength.
0: Me too. It's been the best. And yeah, Brene Brown definitely changed that for me with her yeah. um her books and her work. So I'm really grateful yeah. for her. And She's incredible
1: okay. power of vulnerability. Come on. That was a great one. If you haven't listened to it, uh, anybody out there, totally go check it out.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's so good. <sighs> okay. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I'm so, so grateful to be talking about this more. And like you said, like it is something that needs to be discussed more. And I find like when you do, it's like everyone can connect to grief. Like yeah. was, you we've all experienced and even if you haven't put the words to it like not realizing that ending a relationship is grief like you know you've experienced it so thank you for being vulnerable today and for having the hard conversations and my
1: absolute pleasure thank you for having me it's been wonderful thank you for giving me an opportunity to share and to what I what I deem to be of service
0: it is of service. Yes, it totally is of service. Our voices can are so powerful. And I think we forget that too. Like our truth touches so many people. And I wanted to start a podcast because so many times in my life was I listening to a podcast that like saved me in these moments when mm. these were the exact words I needed to hear. And so podcasts are very powerful. So thank you so much. Yeah,
1: likewise. Thanks so much. And I hope whoever's listening gets something out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And the last question I have to end up the podcast is: When was the last time that you made someone smile?
1: I don't know. I'm looking at you. You're smiling right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but before that, it would have been this morning when uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine uh, for breakfast, and we made uh, I made her a cup of uh, freshly made ceremonial cacao get a nice
0: smile out of that yeah cacao is so nourishing another good heart medicine for grief especially too oh it's
1: so it's so great get off the caffeine try try cacao if you have it because it really makes a difference
0: yeah it has helped me so so much well thank you and if anyone would like to have a conversation with you where could they find you or contact you
1: well, the easiest way to get a hold of me is by my email, which is Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L at Daryl-Henderson.com. And yeah, if you have any questions, this touch to it anyways. We'd love to hear about it. And I'm also happy just to, to talk with people. I love conversating and being of support and helping to guide people along their journey towards healing. And we're, all, we're all capable of it.
0: Uh, Yes, so true. We are all capable. Thank you again.